Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. It's such a wonderful new day that the Lord has made. Oh, let us rejoice and be glad in it. I hope that you are happy today. And if you're not happy today, well, I'm sure after this broadcast, you will be happy when you hear all the wondrous things that God has done for you and especially what Jesus, the Son, has accomplished for you, giving his life upon the cross, dying in our place, emptying himself fully for us, totally empty, that all his glory and goodness and life can flow unto us. He became poor that we might be rich. He died that we would live. And hallelujah, the Son of God, has risen. He has come out of the grave, and he is sitting on the throne. He's alive forevermore, and he reigns. Oh, let us be glad today. You know, I'm so very thankful that the Holy Spirit has taken care that the last words that Jesus spoke upon the cross have been written down for us today. This is so important because there is such a a power in these words, and not just a power There is the revelation of doctrine. There is such healing and restoration in these words, and they are so important for us. So these seven words or seven sentences that are written down in the Bible that are the last words of Jesus upon the cross, I tell you, they are perfect in every way, as the words of Jesus are always perfect. These words are perfect for us today. These words that he cried out in his hour of death. I tell you, every word by itself is so beautiful, but especially the combination of these different words make it so beautiful for us today. There is so much more in these words than we might think, or maybe at first glance we would see. These words are spoken as all the words of Jesus have been spoken that we can say no man has ever spoken words like these. I mean, the way that Jesus gave these words to us, and there is life in these words. I tell you, these words will encourage you today and strengthen you today. These words that he uttered out at his hour where he was in such pain, where he was suffering so much, he stayed faithful to his Father. He stayed faithful to the Word, to the written Word. And I tell you, he stayed faithful to his nature, his forgiving nature, his heart of forgiveness. He stayed faithful to his royal amp. I tell you, he is royalty. The Son of God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he stayed faithful to that royalty in this hour of great suffering and pain. He stayed faithful to his place as Son of God. He stayed faithful to his God and Father. I tell you, when we suffer and when we are in pain and maybe going through a valley of darkness, we start to doubt if God is really our Father, if he would be our Father. Why would he allow us to go through such a time of pain and suffering? You know, we start to doubt and we don't even call him Father anymore in our prayer. We would say, God, why did you do this? But he is our Father and Jesus stayed faithful to his God as Father, and he stayed faithful in his love for the written word. He did not 
deviate from the written word. I mean, so many times when we are in pain, we forget what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to say, who we are, and we deviate. But Jesus did not deviate in his love for the written word. He stayed faithful, and he also stayed faithful to his glorious work. He accomplished it all upon the cross, hallelujah. And in his hour of pain and suffering, where his body was being pierced with those nails and the whip that had torn his back apart and the blood that was gushing out of all his wounds, the crown of thorns upon his head. You know, I can understand that when you are going through such agony and pain, you would forget the work that you're supposed to do. You would say, well, I need to think of myself now. I'm just trying to get through this moment. But, you know, he was focused upon the work that he came to do, and he accomplished it, that glorious work. Oh, hallelujah. My dear friend, he accomplished the work completely and fully for our salvation. And I'm also so thankful that in that hour of great pain, he stayed faithful in his faith upon the Father, upon the plan of the Father, upon the work and the words of the Father. You know, so many have already preached on these last words of Jesus, these seven sentences that he spoke, and so many have come to salvation because of all this preaching. I tell you, those words of Jesus on the cross have given so much fruit. So many have been saved because they heard a preaching about these words that Jesus uttered upon the cross. And these words of Jesus, I tell you, they are like stars, like lights that shine us the way and reveal the way to salvation. You know, I see two very clear things in these words. Number one, I see the confirmation of the many doctrines that we hold on to. I believe in doctrine. Doctrine is important. What do you believe? What do you build your faith upon? We are not just moving left and right, and one day we believe this, and the other day we believe that, and we're just doing as we feel, or as maybe some scripture gives a revelation now, oh, let's hold on to that, and tomorrow we have some other revelation. We have solid ground. We are built upon the rock, and the Word gives good doctrine to build your life upon. And then the Bible says you are building upon the rock. And if you build upon the rock, when the rains come and the floods come, your house will keep standing in the midst of all the storms. So doctrine is important. But these doctrines that we hold on to and that are so dear to us, they are confirmed in these words that Jesus utters upon the cross. On the other side, I see Jesus in his ministry that he had and has. He had this ministry. He accomplished the ministry. But hallelujah, he is still fulfilling this ministry. And all these things will become more clear as we go deeper into this word. But it also confirms what he says, what he does, who he is. It places Jesus in the ministry that he also has for us today. And I tell you, if you start to understand that his ministry is not finished yet, in one hand, parts are finished, but on the other hand, that he is still fulfilling his ministry for us today, I tell you, that gives us so much strength, and it is our hope. Hallelujah. It is our glorious hope. So let's just 
run through these words in this session, and then in another session, I can go deeper into just one of these sayings. So number one, he said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. Oh, I tell you, that is such a powerful word, such a powerful sentence there. As he prayed this with all of his heart, he is praying that we might receive forgiveness of sin, that we will be free of this burden, this yoke of sin that keeps us bound and that pulls us and drags us into eternal damnation and eternal hell, that gives Satan power over us, that gives death authority over us, that makes these chains that are around us unbreakable. But I tell you, when he prayed, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. I tell you, that gives hope even for you and for me today. That's a powerful sentence there. And it shows Jesus as the mediator between God, righteous, holy, and us as a sinful people. He is pleading for them. And so he is pleading for us. Hallelujah. So this word also reveals Jesus as the great mediator. And he is still that glorious mediator. I tell you, I could speak in new tongues right now, in joyful thanksgiving that I know that Jesus is my great advocate. He is my mediator. And because of him, I have free entrance to the Father. Then there is that second sentence that he says to that thief, that sinner that is hanging next to him. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, hallelujah. This gives such a assurance, such a safety declaration that every believer can have in the hour of their passing on today. You will be with me in paradise. Oh, what an assurance. How wonderful to know that we will be with him. Oh, to be with him wherever he is. But we know he is in that glorious place. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you just want to lift up your hands and praise the Lord right now, my dear friend, that you know that you have the assurance that he has said and he said to you and he is saying today, you will be with me in paradise or you will be with me in glory. And you know, this sentence also shows us Jesus in his royal duty, his royal amt, his royal working, as he opens the door of heaven that no man can open or shut. I tell you, only Jesus has the ability, the power, the authority to open the gates of heaven for us that we may freely enter into that wonderful place of light and of life and to be with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Number three, it says, woman, see your son. Woman, see your son. And this is such an important sentence, especially for so many people that have put Mary in the wrong place, that worship Mary, that pray to Mary. Jesus shows here in this sentence that he put her on her place, that he he, he acknowledges her, but he does not call us to worship her. He puts her in that human place and shows that human side, that side that has needs, 
the needs of his brothers, his sisters, of those people around him. Even at that hour of great need, when he was hanging upon the cross, he had an eye for the need of his mother, for the need of his brother and his sister. I tell you how wonderful is that. And we see here that Jesus, as the Son of Man and as the Son of God, has come in the flesh. He has come in the flesh. This is very important that we know and we believe that Jesus, yet fully man, also fully God, and that he came in the flesh to perform and do that work that none of us could fulfill or do for our own salvation. Or number four, remember those words that he spoke, and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, I tell you, here we see him as our substitute, as the one that has taken our place, that is carrying our punishment, that is carrying our sins, and that has been departed by God. God has moved his face, his countenance from his son, and that must have been the most terrible and the most terrifying moment as Jesus cried out there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I tell you, no man, no mortal can understand or know fully how sharp that sword was that cut through him. I tell you, that was such a moment of pain in his whole being as he had that feeling, oh, my Father, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we also see here the agony of his human soul that is crying out, overwhelmed by the whole situation, and especially overwhelmed by Jehovah God moving his countenance away from him, from Jesus the Son. And that's what he carried for us. That's the price, the ultimate price that he paid for us. Number five, Jesus said, I thirst, I thirst. The word, the holy word that became flesh is here. And he says, I thirst, I thirst. The word that became flesh, the word by whom all things have been created that are created. The word, oh, that is here in the flesh cries out and says, I thirst, I thirst. Oh, I pray that you also thirst, that you thirst for God, for righteousness, that you thirst for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit, that you thirst for more of him and would say less of me, more of him. His body that was suffering, that was in so much pain, it had to suffer. And it had to go through that pain. It had to go through that valley of darkness and through that pain. And it had to suffer with his spirit. And I tell you, that's the price that he paid for us. And by his stripes, oh, hallelujah, we are healed. But we see that suffering as he cried out, I thirst, I thirst. Oh, I tell you, there is so much power in these words. Number six. Oh, and I love these glorious words. They echo through all eternity, and I still hear them today. Oh, I see them come to fulfillment every day when we preach the gospel and we see sinners come to Christ and 
when they receive salvation and become a grand and a brand new creation. I hear these words that Jesus uttered on the cross when he said, it is finished. Or in other words, he said, it is accomplished. I tell you, there is complete justification for every believer. Oh, because the work for this justification, this work to make us righteous before our God and Father, it has been completely fulfilled. It has been completely finished. Oh, hallelujah. Our perfect Savior, our captain of our salvation, he has for eternity saved us, and it has been completely done the work. And that's why he could cry out on the cross, it is finished. He finished the work of the enemy. He finished and broke the yoke of sin. He broke the yoke of death, and he conquered it and had victory over it completely, not for himself, but for us. Yes, he lives above all these things, but for us, he finished it for us, hallelujah, that I may know that I am saved. And then these last words, number seven, he says, Father, into your hands I commit or I command my spirit. Oh, how wonderful that we can let go of this life down here and we can say, Lord, my spirit, my soul, my life, my eternity, it is in your hands. And we know that we are safe in his hands. In that cry, there is the reconciliation with God. Yes, in the earlier words, he said, Father, Father, why did you forsake me? But now he says, Lord, in your hands, I commit my spirit. Oh, after he had uttered the words, it is finished. It is accomplished. Now he can say, in your hands, I commit my spirit. We see the reconciliation that has been brought about here. We see that he stood in our place, that he finished and accomplished his work. And now he is going back to the Father. He came from the Father. He finished the work. And now he's going back to the Father. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, this is how we hear the words of acceptance. Oh, these are the words of acceptance. And that is how he brings all believers near to the Father. And that's how he brought you near to the Father and how he brought me near to the Father. We are also in his glorious, wonderful, strong hands. And the Bible says, no one can rob us out of those hands. No one, no devil, no demon, no earthly power can rob us out of the hands of the Lord. We are safely in his hands. Hallelujah. I tell you, what a fertile ground these seven utterings of the Lord are for us to study deeply. And I tell you, when you study them deeply, they will affirm and confirm the doctrine that we believe in. They will move us and lift us up to a other dimension, to a other place where we will live in such joy and thankfulness and we can have the assurance that we may know, oh, he is with us. He finished it all. We are with him and heaven's doors are open for us. Hallelujah. The day will come. It is not far away that those doors, the pearly gates will open and we will enter through them and we will be with him where he is. 
forever and ever. Oh, may the Lord bless you with these words today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 